we're going to read tonight from Matthew uh, chapter 6. We're going to continue our study of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and uh, we've just gotten past the, uh, what are called the antithesis, right? The, the, these, uh, this section where Jesus uh, states what the law says, uh, and then he states what he says, right? And what he says is generally that you must go beyond the boundaries of the law, that you have to um, have a whole heart uh, and a whole life philosophy uh, that, not, that doesn't just encompass right action, but right thought. Uh, and remember, we've been talking about this concept of, of teleos, uh, of wholeness or perfection. The idea being you are the same on the inside as you are on the outside, right? The idea that that's the, the core component or the key idea of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, when we go back to Isaiah, um, who, and references to Isaiah are all over this passage, um, we see that God's complaint uh, in Isaiah against the children of Israel uh, is not, you don't do what I said. It's, you don't do what I said, or you do what I said, but you don't in your heart be- believe in me. You don't believe you are doing it because I am good, right? And he says, uh, a couple times, do, do you think that the sacrifices that you're giving, do, do you think I'm eating those? That The point of the sacrifice is not that I get something out of it. It's that you show that you rely on me, right? Your heart has to be in it. It has to be followed by a heart. Uh, the sacrifice has to be followed by a heart that is committed uh, and understands who God is in relation to man. Uh, and so what, what Jesus is urging is, something that's urged all throughout Isaiah, this idea that you, your right action should stem from a right heart, from a right interior, and that that's your due uh, as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I, I used the, the phrase several times last week, uh, like this is a hard saying, right, when I talked about some of the things that the antitheses say, right? It says, don't, don't just not kill, don't even get angry without a cause. Right? If somebody wrongs you, uh, if somebody says, carry my cloak, right? the, a, a Roman centurion comes to you as a, a Jew in uh, Second Temple Israel and says, carry my coat, carry it for him too. Right? Go above and beyond in all things um, to show that you are uh, this kind of whole life philosophy, this, this teleos. Um, some of that's hard, right? Like the, tur- turn the other cheek is very difficult right? Um, here's the thing. He, he meant it. It's, we're, we, can't get out, we can't get out of what it says, unfortunately. C.S. Lewis, uh, in his wonderful book, uh, Mere Christianity, uh, which if you have not read it, you should. Um, it's it's um, as uh, good an explanation of what we believe uh, as uh, I can think of. Um, and it, it's... Uh, Lewis's idea was, well, let me consider Christianity and then just strip away everything that, is, uh, that we've added onto it and talk about like, what the core of it is. And when he gets to charity, right, he talks about the idea of being generous or charitable, uh, there's this really odd passage um, that I like a whole lot. And he says, uh, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember it by heart, but he says something like, uh, a lot of people have asked me how, how generous you have to be as a Christian. Uh, and I'm afraid I don't have a very good answer, 
but the answer is probably more than you think, right? If, if, if it doesn't hurt, you're probably not doing it right. There probably should be things you want to do that you can't do because you're so generous, right? And that's just, that's just one principle. But I, I think that you can take, that's a, that's a hard word, but it's a good one. And you can apply it to anything in the Sermon on the Mount because that's really what Jesus is saying, right? Is we, we have to divest ourselves of our own rights, of our own, uh, our own self-regard, uh, abandon that uh, and act as an emissary of the kingdom of heaven in everything that we do. Uh, so when he says, turn the other cheek, he means it, right? That, that hurts. It, it would be very strange to me uh, if something as precious and infinite as heaven did not come at some cost, <laughs> right? Heaven, heaven, uh, heaven's treasures cost something. Uh, to, to be a citizen of the kingdom, you have to act in accord with what he's saying in this passage. Uh, so with that, let's dive into chapter 6. I, I've got some other uh, topics I'd like to, to kind of delve into tonight. Um, a lot of this, uh, the teaching I'm doing right now uh, on this subject, it stems from a, a seminar that I took uh, at Southern Seminary uh, over the summer, um, and I, I just finished like the final project for that, and I'd like to talk about some, some concepts that arise from that project that don't really fit in anywhere else. Um, so I'm gonna, we're going to go over the, the short passage that we have tonight, uh, and then I'll just talk a little bit about that until, uh, until you're tired of it, and then we'll, we'll adjourn. So chapter 6, verse 1, uh, and in chapter 5, verse 48, he's just said, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So chapter 6, verse 1, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret himself, shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will, will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. 
Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So we're going to, that's our passage for tonight. Notice what he does there. Um, So there are, he addresses the the three great, uh, so in, in Jewish life, a good deed is called a mitzvah. Right, it's a it's a thing you it's a it's a an unwarranted kindness that you give. It can also be following a command, but a good deed is a mitzvah. Uh, and he addresses the the three major public mitzvahs that I don't know if that's the mitzvim. I don't know. Uh, I don't speak uh, Hebrew, but um, the the three great good deeds that you can do as a Jewish person: you can give alms, you can give to people, right? You can give to the poor. Uh, number two, praying, and number three, fasting. Those are the, the kind of public observances that Jewish people do uh, as good deeds or as, as signs of obedience. And in each case, right, th- there's this pattern, right? He says, uh, don't be like people who do this to be seen, right, to, to be observed. Uh, because when they do it to be observed, uh, and they are observed, that, that's their reward for doing the thing that they're doing, right? Um, this, by the way, uh, with respect to alms, uh, think of the passage in Acts uh, with Ananias and Sapphira, right? Re- remember what, what happened, right? Uh, Peter killed them with a word, right? They, uh, and their, their sin was related to this. What they did was sold a plot of land, Right, and they kept back some of the money, and then they went to they went to the church and said, "Here's all of the money from the plot of land." Right, and and Peter knew what was up. Um, that that's the sin that they committed. Right, is is that they disregarded this word from from Christ, the the idea that you uh, they wanted to be seen, right, and so they they overstated what they were doing. Um. But these, these three different areas, right, in each one, uh, it's the same pattern, right? It, it's, you, you already have your reward if you did it for, for recognition. Uh, and then it's, do it in secret. Go somewhere where, where uh, like, uh, with respect to giving, uh, make it so the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. Uh, go into your closet when you're praying so nobody sees you. Uh, when you're uh, fasting, don't, don't look sad and grumpy and hungry. Uh, don't, don't be hangry, right? Like, go and uh, wear fresh clothes and make sure that, that people aren't like, are you fasting? Um, right, do that because you don't, want, you don't want to receive the recognition for that. You don't want that to be the reward. And then, right, the, the formula always ends with, and your father who sees in secret, will reward you openly. He'll, he'll bless that effort. Um, th- this is interesting uh, for a few different reasons. Um, and I, I guess I want to go on a little uh, excursus or diversion. Um, in Greek public life, 
so uh, the, the foundation of Greek education uh, in the ancient world uh, were, was the Iliad and the Odyssey. Uh, and some of you may have, have read those uh, when you were in high school or college, um, and it probably bored the socks off of you. Um, but uh, they are epic poems about uh, the, the Trojan War uh, and then the return from the Trojan War. And I'm using them as an example. Um, in both of them, the, the driving force that uh, animates what the characters do uh, is the idea of glory. It's the idea of, of uh, in Greek, it's kleos, uh, which means something like loud. Uh, it's, right, your name becomes known to other people. They know who you are. Uh, in, in the Iliad, um, which again, if you were in the ancient world, in a Greek-speaking place, everybody had read this, or the, the, the kind of story was baked into your, into your worldview. Like, everybody kind of communicated uh, using the values that are contained in those poems. Uh, and early on uh, in the action of the Iliad, which again is about the Trojan War, the hero of the Iliad, Achilles, um, is confronted with a choice. Uh, and his, his mother, uh, who's, a goddess, who's a sea goddess, appears to him and says, uh, you, he's uh, dismissed himself from the fighting. He's sitting in the camp and pouting. And she says, you can go home now. You can sail back to where you came from. Uh, and that's called nostos, or homecoming. And when you get there, you'll live a long life uh, with a woman who loves you and have lots of children, uh, and you'll rule your people in peace and prosperity. But when you die, no one will remember your name. Right? You, you'll, you won't have glory. Or you can return to the fighting uh, and win honor, Time. And when you do that, you, people will remember you two or three or four or 5,000 years hence. People will remember your name forever. Right? That, that's, that's the choice that he's given. Uh, and in, 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 this is all over the Greek literature. They had a very shadowy idea. There's no kingdom of heaven in Greek, right? they, in, or to, in the Greek worldview. The, the underworld or the, the, the afterlife is a shadowy place. Um, and, and no one remember. it's a place with no memory. But in the here and now, you can win glory that will make your name live forever. That's the idea, that's the Greek ideal, right? The idea that you would, uh, you would do something great. There's a, a, and I don't mean to talk about this forever, but I wrote a paper about it, so you have to hear about it. Um, the, uh, the, there's a, a wonderful scene uh, in the Iliad where uh, Achilles decides to rejoin the fighting uh, and he challenges Hector. Uh, Hector is the champion of the Trojans, uh, their general and greatest warrior. Uh, and uh, the day before, uh, Achilles' friend uh, had uh, gone into the battle wearing Achilles' armor uh, in an attempt to, to rally the troops uh, and uh, Hector had killed him. And 
Achilles says to uh, Hector, uh, you know, Hector says, I thought, I thought I had killed you yesterday. And Achilles says, I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to defeat you today. And then I'm going to display your bones on the roadside. And people will pass you by. And they'll point and say, this is the fool that thought he killed Achilles. Right? The, the idea, not just of glory, but of shame. Right? <laughs> the, the, the worst thing that can happen to you as a Greek is that you would live in infamy. Right? That people, people would remember your name for the wrong reasons. Uh, and then, uh, so uh, this idea, again, is all over Greek literature. It's, it's crazy how, how much it motivated. Um, and like once you know it and you start reading about Greek history, you start seeing it all over. Greek and Roman history, you start seeing it all over. Uh, Alexander the Great, who did more to form Jesus' world than any other Gentile. Uh, he, uh, he called himself the second Achilles, uh, and he, he had armor made that looked like Achilles' armor from the Iliad, and he, his shield had a picture of Achilles on it. He went and paid homage to various places where Achilles was said to have gone, and he said his, his purpose was to be worshipped as a hero and then as a god. Right? Everybody should know his name, is what he said. Well, when we read the, the Sermon on the Mount, if, if you were a Greek sitting in that audience, you would be like, this sounds lousy. Right? You're, 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 you're saying, um, I'm, I'm going to be, um, gonna be uh, poor in spirit. I'm going to be uh, mourning all the time. I'm going to write all these values in the Beatitudes. You'd say, the, the, what is the payoff here? Uh, how, how, is that, how does that make my name go on? How does that create fame or, or glory for me? Um, but, but Jesus is preaching something here that, that looks at that culture and says, it is empty on the inside. Right? I, I have something eternal is what he, the kingdom of heaven isn't just now, it's also later, right? It's, it's now, but not quite yet. And in, the, in, in the, the words of Isaiah, right, there's a time in the future when justice will roll down like water and everyone will worship at Zion, everyone. They'll all look to Jerusalem and God will live among his people. Right? The, the idea of eternality, that you might live forever, it's not something that even would have occurred to, to, to Achilles or one of these Greeks who uh, was steeped in this idea of glory. It's a complete inversion of that, that value system. Um, and so it's, um, I think, uh, super important that we pause for a minute. And remember in... in Remember what he said, the, the outcome of the Beatitudes is, right? If you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, all these bad things are going to happen to you, or, or you'll have all these characteristics that are, are negative. Um, and then you'll be persecuted, right? And you'll be persecuted like the prophets were persecuted. If you're a Greek, you're like, the, why, would I, why, would I want, why would I want to be shamed in the way that the prophets were shamed? And the reason is that the father who sees in secret, will reward you openly. Not, not just now, 
although it can happen now, but in the world to come. That's our destination. There's no, um, there's no end state in the Greek worldview. There's no, there's no kingdom that's coming. Uh, and so that's, that's the major difference. Um, let's go ahead. And I, the other thing I wanted you to notice about this passage, we're going to return next week uh, to, the, um, to the, the Lord's Prayer because um, I want to take it out and kind of talk about it uh, on its own. Uh, notice, uh, so we talked at, uh, at the first week of this class about how this is really a collection of sayings um, or a, a, it's a, a message or a group of messages that Jesus probably taught a thousand times throughout his life and Matthew heard it over and over and over again. Right? He took the material and he's organizing it into something that makes sense logically. Um, and, and so it's, it, it's kind of striking here as you're reading along, right? Jesus has these three things that he's talking about, alms, prayer, and fasting. Um, and what would make the most sense, right, if you're kind of thinking logically is, okay, talk about alms and have that pattern, right? You, and then end with your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Then talk about prayer and do the same thing and then immediately talk about fasting. But he doesn't do that, right? He stops, and he says, this is how you pray. Uh, and then he, he prays. Uh, or he teaches them how to pray. This is, um, so we'll, we'll talk about that next week because the way the prayer is structured is very interesting. Um, let's go ahead and read further. Uh, and I want to actually, verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor not yet uh, for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 
Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take, care, shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I was telling my team earlier today at work, um, I said, if I can only get through this week, and then I said, that's what I've said every week since I was 12. Um, and, I, and, and what I will say every week until the week I die. From, if I can just get through this week. It's an awful way to live, isn't it? Uh, and yet, most of us are living that way. Um, it's, it, it's not a good way for a citizen of the kingdom of heaven to live. Right? And these verses are aimed at that. Right, that they're aimed at the idea that you, you really can't influence things by worrying about them, so you probably ought to stop. Um, let, let's uh, head, head back really quickly to um, verse 19. So we just have this, this whole section, right, about how uh, you, I guess I want to resolve something with that section real quick, I'm sorry. Um, we just had this whole section about how you should do things secretly, right? Um, there's a, there's a, a passage earlier, right, where he talks about you being salt and light. And he says, go, do, go out and do good deeds and make sure people know that you did them, right? And, and so that they'll glorify your Father who's in heaven. What, it, is, that a, is that a problem that Jesus, like, is that a tension? Is Jesus being internally inconsistent? Well, I, I, the answer is obviously no, right? Because we're in church. Um, but the, <laughs> the, um, I, I think that the resolution there, right, is when he, uh, is the motivation, right? Because in, in each of the cases where he talks about the, the three different, uh, the fasting, uh, alms, and, and prayer, uh, what he says is y- your motivation, right, is to be seen. So, so don't do that. Uh, if, uh, and, and also, I mean, I think these are, are uh, like private, private uh, observances or like there's, there's no reason people have to know that you gave money, right? There's no, there's no reason people have to know I, that, that you're praying. There's no reason that people have to know that you're fasting. They're entirely internally focused versus something like, um, going to a place and helping a person or, uh, you know, do, doing other good deeds uh, and letting people see the light that's within you. Um, so I, I just wanted to resolve that. That's, that's actually something that has tripped some people up in the past is, well, what it, are these two separate sets of teaching and one is inconsistent with the other? No, it's internally consistent that God would care about your motivation. And in fact, that's the whole point of the sermon, right, is that you're uh, right action flows, should flow out of a right heart. You can do the right thing for the wrong reason. Um, but, but God doesn't honor that. He doesn't, he doesn't see that. But when you do the, the right thing for the right reason, that's, you're acting like a whole person. You're acting uh, with teleos as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so stepping back to verse 19 says, lay not up your, uh, for, for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. Right, so the, uh, the idea of, of these verses, 19 to 21, 
uh, is that you should not seek earthly treasure, right? And, and th- this goes back to that, that Greek worldview that I, I talked about just a few moments ago. Uh, in the Greek epics and in the Greek worldview, uh, you as a, a person of excellence uh, or a, a, a warrior uh, or a politician, you, you would be known for what you, what you captured, what you possessed. Um, there are parts of, of the Iliad and the Odyssey where the, the, um, the word kleos, fame, is synonymous with like, if I ran over and I, I beat Dom up and I, I took his tie, um, it's a nice tie, uh, and uh, then I ran back, uh, I would call the act of beating him up kleos, right? That's glory, but also the thing I took from him. Uh, so I'm, I'm the, the treasure that you acquire, right? It, it speaks to your status and your fame. Uh, and what Jesus is saying is that's not, that's not accurate, right? The, the things you take in this life will, will rust and corrupt and go away. Uh, and if you focus your life on, a, on, on the acquisition of things, they'll... The, your, uh, your life will end with them or that you, you, you acquire nothing. What you should focus instead, uh, where you should focus instead is on the kingdom of heaven, uh, on the treasure that exists there. Um, right, and then he ends with uh, probably one of the most famous verses in the Bible, where your, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, for where your treasure is, there, your, there will your heart be also. Right? The idea is that you are to be emotionally invested only in things that are eternal. Um, my, uh, Deanna will be annoyed that I tell this story, maybe. Um, we, we, sorry, that's always a good wind-up, isn't it? Uh, we were at a, a tennis, our daughter plays tennis, Chloe plays tennis uh, for the high school. Um, and she uh, had a match last night. And I... This is an awful thing for a father to say, but I, I don't really care if she wins or not as long as she's having fun. Uh, I don't get too emotionally invested in it. Um, but uh, she was playing a, a young lady, uh, and uh, her father, uh, he was clear, like his, was clear where his, clear where his heart was and where his treasure was, and it was in her winning. Uh, and his daughter winning, and he, he cussed and carried on and raised a fuss uh, to the point where I had to, you know, we had to say something to, like, hey, please calm down. Uh, you know, he was coaching his daughter, which is against the rules, uh, and it, it broke my heart a little bit, because it's not like any of these girls are so good that they're going to make any money at it, right? <laughs> right? Like, it, what, what is he investing? Uh, why is he investing his time and his energy and, and his emotional labor uh, in this thing that, you know, a year from now will not matter? Uh, and at one point he stalked off and went to the end. His daughter turned around and looked at us and said, I'm sorry for my dad. Uh, and it, it made me, uh, me want to cry because uh, my heart just went out to her. Where your where your your where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Right. Focus on what's eternal, not what's temporal, 
not on some, some you know, minor victory or the things that you possess. Um, so second, uh, and th- this is a, a strange passage that I'll explore more uh, next week, but uh, it has this whole uh, section about the light of the, the body being the eye, right? Like what you let into your, what you let in through your eyes uh, will impact you greatly. Uh, and I'll read it. He says, um, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light, right? If your eye is open and accepting. Uh, but if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light is in, that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? The idea being... Um, if your eye is open, right, to, to what's going on around you, to, to the light of heaven, right, to what Christ is doing in the world, um, that will animate you as a person, as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. But if your eyes are closed, they're shut, if they're not able to receive and see what's going on, um, you, your understanding uh, and your whole life will be darkened. There's a uh, the implication here, right, um, Rich Mullins, who a, was a singer, I believe he's passed away now, uh, he used to say, uh, there's so much beauty in the world for two eyes to see, but everywhere I go, I'm looking. Uh, that's the attitude that we ought to have uh, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We ought to be looking. Uh, there's a lot, uh, life is almost unbearably sweet. If you think about it, it's, it's not just getting past this week, every week from the time that you're 12 until you die. Um, although sometimes it, it seems like it. Um, it's in the interconnectedness of people. Uh, it's in natural beauty. It's in the wonders that, that men make with their hands. Uh, the world is, is filled with things to appreciate. Uh, and when we fail to do that, when we focus on the negative and we fail to see how Christ is working in the world, it's a real problem. Uh, Peter Kingsnorth is a, 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 he's a, I believe he's Irish, but he, he lives in the UK uh, in any event, and is an author. Uh, he was an environmental activist for many, many years, um, and uh, he wrote a, an article of maybe three or four months ago about his conversion experience. Um, and it, it's, I would Strongly suggest if you are interested in reading something beautiful that you find and read it. Um, his name again is Kings North. So like Kings and then North. Uh, and he, he wrote this article and he talks about how all his life, all his life, he was searching for something. And uh, he's maybe my age, um, maybe a little bit older. Uh, so uh, early 50s, late 40s. Uh, and he talks about uh, remembering as a child going into, into a church um, in England, which is almost completely secular now, uh, and uh, doing uh, like minor vandalism uh, and just not really respecting, uh, not respecting what was happening there. But he wouldn't tell his friends this when he was young, but he liked to go into churches because there was something there. Um, and, of course, many of the churches in this part of London that he lived in were, were just beautiful. Uh, and he said sometimes he would go in uh, and not do vandalism and just 
like look through the stained glass windows or try to appreciate the beauty of the space itself. Uh, and then, you know, as he got older and older, um, he, he moved into like environmental activism. He became a pagan, then he became a Buddhist. He was just searching for something all his life that would um, allow him to engage with the beauty of the natural world. Uh, and uh, he, he found it uh, when his um, son was playing in a music recital. Uh, and he doesn't, he, in the article, he doesn't say what song his son was playing or like what, the, what was happening exactly, but he, he it, it was at a hotel or something and he looked around and it occurred to him at that moment that everyone was connected to everyone else. Uh, and he, he heard Jesus speaking to him directly and saying, this is what I've been trying to tell you all along. And it, he burst into tears, he says. And it, like, he almost, uh, he felt himself so overwhelmed with love for other people. Just the people in the room, who most of whom he didn't even know. Uh, that, that he almost passed out. He said he had to go out in the hall. He was like hyperventilating. Uh, and then, you know, he, he describes more about his conversion experience. But uh, he says... Everywhere he was going in his life, in the, the six months prior to that, uh, he was seeing Jesus like just unexpectedly in every place. Uh, and his, uh, like for, for instance, his wife told him at dinner one night, I, I think you're going to become a Christian. And, and there was no reason for her to say that. And he's like, well, why would you think that? Um, a, a gentleman contacted him on Facebook from Africa uh, and said, Jesus told, me to, uh, Jesus told me to send you a message. Uh, and what I'm suggesting is when we run around with our eyes darkened to what's going on in the world, you miss, right? You, you cauterize your heart. Uh, and you, you don't see those kinds of opportunities. You don't see where Christ is working in the world to move you closer to him. Uh, it, is, it is so easy, so easy to just grind out every day, every day from the day you're 12 until the day you die. But man, it, it just, it scars your heart and creates a situation where you, you cannot see Christ moving in the world. It's a shame. Um, like our society is almost totally secular, but there's wonder all around us. So uh, I'm going to leave off because I think I'm running out of time. No, I've got five more minutes. Lucky you. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, so I guess w what I would say uh, with respect to the, this set of verses is cultivate, uh, intentionally cultivate an attitude where your eyes are open and the light is filling them right? Uh, be that light for somebody else, right? Act in other people's lives as an extension of the kingdom of heaven, but be aware of what God is doing all around you. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a blessing just to get up, just to get up um, and, and move your body. I, um, I hate exercising, um, but boy, it feels great, right? It... <laughs> Dominic says no. Uh, that's of the devil. 
um, it going outside and seeing seeing the sunset, or you know ex- experiencing it, God is all he he has imbued the world with himself in a way that is amazing. And, and so often we just kind of float. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's a tragedy uh, to go through life and not appreciate what's in front of us. It, it's to waste the gift. So, uh, first, can't read. Verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor, put, uh, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Um, I actually, so in the class that I took, um, I... Uh, I made the professor laugh out loud, and I said, if I were in the audience, I'd say, well, that's not true. I've seen dead birds before. He doesn't feed all the birds, does he? Um, like, is that statement true? He, he, he takes care of the birds? I, I mean, most of them, but maybe it was their time to go. Maybe it was, the, maybe it was their time to go. That's, that's true. I, anyway, I, I, he said... Uh, well, I don't, that, that's a good perspective, I guess. It's like, I don't know whether that's a good perspective or not, but um, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, uh, you, O ye of little faith? Um, and then he goes on, right? Um, finishing with, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Our responsibility is to seek the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and th- this is some of the hardest teaching in the whole Bible, right? The idea that you should uh, rely, because uh, in, in our own, we, we are inheritors of the Greek worldview, whether we know it or not. Um, and we, we would like to take care of ourselves, right? We would like to be self-sufficient. We would li- like to not rely on, on God to take care of us. Um, I'm a natural worrier. Many of you are, probably are as well. Um, but what this calls for, right? Uh, that I started by quoting C.S. Lewis and saying, right, right, with respect to generosity, we have to radically reorient our, our expectations. Right? He says, I don't know how much you should have to, I don't know how much you should give, but probably more than you think. Probably more than you're comfortable with. I, I don't know how much we're going to have to rely on God uh, from day to day. I don't know how much of ourselves we're going to have to give up. I don't know how much we're going to have to, have to stop worrying. But it's probably more than we're comfortable with. Right? We're probably going to have to take our hands off the wheel a little bit. Uh, and earnestly pray and look to him to fulfill our needs.